0: Well, moving on now to the sixth chapter in uh, Yeshaya, Perik Vav. And really, as we explained back in Perik Aleph, many Rishonim learn this is actually the beginning. This should have been the beginning, chronologically, of Yeshaya's prophecies. Um, it, the only reason Aleph through He were listed before is because that was the overall nature of what Yeshaya prophesized about. So as the introduction to the Sefer, the Psukim discussed what his overall prophecies would sound like. but This chronologically would actually be the beginning. And the Peric begins by telling us that Yeshaya, we'll see in a moment, had, had this very lofty prophetic vision of Hashem and Malachim. It was in the year that King Uziahu passed away. And there's uh, two ways to learn this in the Rishonim. Either it was actually the year that Uzzio passed away, that Yeshaya was introduced into prophecy, or it was the year that Uzzio, which was the king of Yehuda, got Saras. And the Mepharshim explained the background is that Uzzio was actually a righteous king, but apparently it went to his head. And he started to think that actually he could even perform Ketaris. So when he went to perform ketores, that was the wrong thing to do, certainly as as a person from Yehuda, the king, uh, Hakadosh Baruch Hu caused him to be stricken with saras. So either the prophecy that we're about to illustrate occurred at the day that on the day that he actually died, or when he got saras, which is akin to death. And the Psokim tell us in this chapter that Yeshaya had this very lofty vision of Hakadosh Baruch Hu sitting on a throne with srafim, these malachim that had six wings as illustrated in the psukim, flying around, calling to each other, kadosh, 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 which we say in the kedusha every day. And because of that, it caused the the doorpost to shake. It's a very awesome scene. There's much discussion here, but the uh, understanding clearly is that we don't really understand what's going on over here. And obviously, Hashem has no real physical form. That's just a description, and there's much to be derived from this in uh, deep ways, obviously. But the story continues, as is illustrated, that Yeshaya says that, uh, woe, woe is me because I am lowly and because I dwell amongst the lowly people. And the Malach took a, one of the seraphim took a coal from, I guess, from the fire, and, or from the Mizbeach, and put it, touched it to Yeshaya's mouth in a way that would burn him, which was a musr to him, is that you can't talk about the Jewish people in a negative way, because Yeshaya had said, that the people that I dwell amongst are lowly. And was that was a musr to Yeshaya that you can't talk about the people like that. So Yeshaya got the message and he understood that he had to become a shliach Hashem to deliver prophecies to the Jewish people. And so he accepts and he turns to Hashem and Hashem says to him, uh, you have to go and give musr to the people who are sinning and doing the inappropriate things that they should do tshuva, and they'll be healed. So Yeshaya turns to Hashem and he says to Hashem, uh, how long will they have? Meaning, how long is it going to be that they'll refuse to do Teshuvah ultimately? And Hashem says, back as a response, the way we learned, uh, the Mefarshim Lerm Shat in the Pasuk, that there's going to be, basically that they'll continue to sin until they're going to be kicked out of the land, sent into Golis, which will be the first exile from Eretz Yisrael, uh, which is Golis Bavel for 70 years, which actually ties into this week's Parsha in Parsha's Bahar, because it talks about how they desecrated 70 shmitas and Yovolos, and that's why they were sent out for 70 years. And uh, Yeshaya is explained by Hashem, he explains that there's going to be 10 more kings, one or it means that there's going to be a tenth of the people left over, either way, but they will be eventually kicked out of the land because of their iniquity and disinterest uh, in doing teshuva. Nonetheless, Hashem sends Yishayah to be a novi to attempt to coerce the people into doing teshuva because the job needs to be done even though it appears that it was a futile mission because they weren't going to listen to Yeshua. Now one point I just wanted to focus in on over here, which I think is a beautiful idea, is that L'chorah Yishayah was saying the right thing is that he dwells amongst an inappropriate people and that's evidenced by the fact that Hashem responds that way. They're going to sin, they're going to continue to sin until they're kicked out of the land. So why was he given muster and taken to task for speaking that way about the Jewish people? And the answer to that is because what Hashem is doing now is appointing Yeshayah as the Novi, as a leader over the Jewish people. What he's saying is if you look at them in a negative way, you focus on the negative, you will not be able in any way to motivate the people because you're going to look at them with a very bad light, and you won't be able to be a leader for such people. So what Hashem is saying is, it's true, it's going to be difficult because you're dealing with a lowly people, but you can't speak about them because then you'll look, about, you'll look at them that way too, and you won't be a possible leader or director of the Jewish people. And there's a tremendous lesson from this. is, It's true. You know, people sometimes do things that are inappropriate, but if we only focus on those negative things that people do, it's very difficult for us to in any way try to impact them in a positive light or in a positive way because we start to just associate them entirely with something negative. So certainly somebody that's a leader whose mission is to guide a people or to direct them in a certain direction has to look at the positive and focus on the things that make the people pleasant and good. Everybody have a wonderful day.